Chapter two, section two of Under Western Eyes by Joseph Conrad. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter two, section two. With something resembling anguish, he said to himself, I want to be understood. The universal aspiration with all its profound and melancholy meaning assailed heavily Razumov who amongst eighty millions of his kith and kin had no heart to which he could open himself the attorney was not to be thought of he despised the little agent of chicane too much one could not go and lay one's conscience before the policeman at the corner neither was razumov anxious to go to the chief of his district's police a common-looking person whom he used to see sometimes in the street in a shabby uniform and with a smouldering cigarette stuck to his lower lip he would begin by locking me up most probably at any rate he is certain to get excited and create an awful commotion thought razumov practically an act of conscience must be done with outward dignity razumov longed desperately for a word of advice for moral support who knows what true loneliness is not the conventional word but the naked terror to the lonely themselves that wears a mask the most miserable outcast hugs some memory or some illusion now and then a fatal conjunction of events may lift the veil for an instant for an instant only no human being could bear a steady view of moral solitude without going mad razumov had reached that point of vision to escape from it he embraced for a whole minute the delirious purpose of rushing to his lodgings and flinging himself on his knees by the side of the bed with the dark figure stretched on it to pour out a full confession in passionate words that would stir the whole being of that man to its innermost depth that would end in embraces and tears in an incredible fellowship of souls such as the world had never seen it was sublime inwardly he wept and trembled already but to the casual eyes that were cast upon him he was aware that he appeared as a tranquil student in a cloak out for a leisurely stroll he noted too the sidelong brilliant glance of a pretty woman with a delicate head and covered in the hairy skins of wild beasts down to her feet like a frail and beautiful savage which rested for a moment with a sort of mocking tenderness on the deep abstraction of that good-looking young man suddenly razumov stood still the glimpse of a passing grey whisker caught and lost in the same instant had evoked the complete image of prince k the man who once had pressed his hand as no other man had pressed it a faint but lingering pressure like a secret sign like a half unwilling caress and razumov marvelled at himself why did he not think of him before a senator a dignitary a great personage the very man he a strange softening emotion came over razumov made his knees shake a little he repressed it with a newborn austerity all that sentiment was pernicious nonsense he couldn't be quick enough and when he got into a sledge he shouted to the driver to the k palace get on you fly the startled moujik bearded up to the very whites of his eyes answered obsequiously i hear your high nobility it was lucky for razumov that prince k was not a man of timid character on the day of mr de p s murder an extreme alarm and despondency prevailed in the high official spheres prince k sitting sadly alone in his study was told by his alarmed servants that a mysterious young man had forced his way into the hall 
refused to tell his name and the nature of his business and would not move from there till he had seen his excellency in private instead of locking himself up and telephoning for the police as nine out of ten high personages would have done that evening the prince gave way to curiosity and came quietly to the door of his study in the hall the front door standing wide open he recognized at once razumov pale as death his eyes blazing and surrounded by perplexed lackeys the prince was vexed beyond measure and even indignant but his humane instincts and a subtle sense of self-respect could not allow him to let this young man be thrown out into the street by base menials he retreated unseen into his room and after a little rang his bell razumov heard in the hall an ominously raised harsh voice saying somewhere far away show the gentleman in here razumov walked in without a tremor he felt himself invulnerable raised far above the shallowness of common judgment though he saw the prince looking at him with black displeasure the lucidity of his mind of which he was very conscious gave him an extraordinary assurance he was not asked to sit down half an hour later they appeared in the hall together the lackeys stood up and the prince moving with difficulty on his gouty feet was helped into his furs the carriage had been ordered before when the great double door was flung open with a crash razumov who had been standing silent with a lost gaze but with every faculty intensely on the alert heard the prince's voice your arm young man the mobile superficial mind of the ex-guards officer man of showy missions experienced in nothing but the arts of gallant intrigue and worldly success had been equally impressed by the more obvious difficulties of such a situation and by razumov's quiet dignity in stating them he had said no upon the whole i can't condemn the step you ventured to take by coming to me with your story it is not an affair for police understrappers the greatest importance is attached to set your mind at rest i shall see you through this most extraordinary and difficult situation then the prince rose to ring the bell and razumov making a short bow had said with deference i have trusted my instinct a young man having no claim upon anybody in the world has in an hour of trial involving his deepest political convictions turned to an illustrious russian that's all the prince had exclaimed hastily you have done well in the carriage it was a small brougham on sleigh-runners razumov broke the silence in a voice that trembled slightly my gratitude surpasses the greatness of my presumption he gasped feeling unexpectedly in the dark a momentary pressure on his arm you have done well repeated the prince when the carriage stopped the prince murmured to razumov who had never ventured a single question the house of general t in the middle of the snow-covered roadway blazed a great bonfire some cossacks the bridles of their horses over the arm were warming themselves around two sentries stood at the door several gendarmes lounged under the great carriage gateway and on the first floor landing two orderlies rose and stood at attention razumov walked at the prince's elbow a surprising quantity of hothouse plants in pots cumbered the floor of the anteroom servants came forward a young man in civilian clothes arrived hurriedly was whispered to bowed low and exclaiming zealously certainly this minute fled within somewhere the prince signed to razumov they passed through a suite of reception rooms all barely lit and one of them prepared for dancing 
the wife of the general had put off her party an atmosphere of consternation pervaded the place but the general's own room with heavy sombre hangings two massive desks and deep armchairs had all the lights turned on the footman shut the door behind them and they waited there was a coal fire in an english grate razumov had never before seen such a fire and the silence of the room was like the silence of the grave perfect measureless for even the clock on the mantelpiece made no sound filling a corner on a black pedestal stood a quarter life-sized smooth-limbed bronze of an adolescent figure running the prince observed in an undertone spontini's flight of youth exquisite admirable assented razumov faintly they said nothing more after this the prince silent with his grand air razumov staring at the statue he was worried by a sensation resembling the gnawing of hunger he did not turn when he heard an inner door fly open and a quick footstep muffled on the carpet the prince's voice immediately exclaimed thick with excitement we have got him ce miserable a worthy young man came to me no it's incredible razumov held his breath before the bronze as if expecting a crash behind his back a voice he had never heard before insisted politely asseyez-vous donc the prince almost shrieked mais comprenez-vous mon cher l'assassin the murderer we have got him razumov spun round the general's smooth big cheeks rested on the stiff collar of his uniform he must have been already looking at razumov because that last saw the pale blue eyes fastened on him coldly the prince from a chair waved an impressive hand this is a most honourable young man whom providence itself mr razumov the general acknowledged the introduction by frowning at razumov who did not make the slightest movement sitting down before his desk the general listened with compressed lips it was impossible to detect any sign of emotion on his face razumov watched the immobility of the fleshy profile but it lasted only a moment till the prince had finished and when the general turned to the providential young man his florid complexion the blue unbelieving eyes and the bright white flash of an automatic smile had an air of jovial careless cruelty he expressed no wonder at the extraordinary story no pleasure or excitement no incredulity either he betrayed no sentiment whatever only with a politeness almost deferential suggested that the bird might have flown while mr mr razumov was running about the streets razumov advanced to the middle of the room and said the door is locked and i had the key in my pocket his loathing for the man was intense it had come upon him so unawares that he felt he had not kept it out of his voice the general looked up at him thoughtfully and razumov grinned all this went over the head of prince k seated in a deep armchair very tired and impatient a student called haldin said the general thoughtfully razumov ceased to grin that is his name he said unnecessarily loud victor victorovitch haldin a student the general shifted his position a little how is he dressed would you have the goodness to tell me razumov angrily described haldin's clothing in a few jerky words the general stared all the time then addressing the prince we were not without some indications he said in french a good woman who was in the street described to us somebody wearing a dress of the sort as the thrower of the second bomb we have detained her at the secretariat and every one in a cherkess coat we could lay our hands on has been brought to her to look at 
she kept on crossing herself and shaking her head at them it was exasperating he turned to razumov and in russian with friendly reproach take a chair mr razumov do why are you standing razumov sat down carelessly and looked at the general this goggle-eyed imbecile understands nothing he thought the prince began to speak loftily mr razumov is a young man of conspicuous abilities i have it at heart that his future should not certainly interrupted the general with a movement of the hand has he any weapons on him do you think mr razumov the general employed a gentle musical voice razumov answered with suppressed irritation no but my razors are lying about you understand the general lowered his head approvingly precisely then to the prince explaining courteously we want that bird alive it will be the devil if we can't make him sing a little before we are done with him the grave-like silence of the room with its mute clock fell upon the polite modulations of this terrible phrase the prince hidden in the chair made no sound the general unexpectedly developed a thought fidelity to menaced institutions on which depend the safety of a throne and of a people is no child's play we know that mon prince and tenez he went on with a sort of flattering harshness mr razumov here begins to understand that too his eyes which he turned upon razumov seemed to be starting out of his head this grotesqueness of aspect no longer shocked razumov he said with gloomy conviction haldin will never speak that remains to be seen muttered the general i am certain insisted razumov a man like this never speaks do you imagine that i am here from fear he added violently he felt ready to stand by his opinion of haldin to the last extremity certainly not protested the general with great simplicity of tone and i don't mind telling you mr razumov that if he had not come with his tail to such a staunch and loyal russian as you he would have disappeared like a stone in the water which would have had a detestable effect he added with a bright cruel smile under his stony stare so you see there can be no suspicion of any fear here the prince intervened looking at razumov round the back of the armchair nobody doubts the moral soundness of your action be at ease in that respect pray he turned to the general uneasily that's why i am here you may be surprised why i should the general hastened to interrupt not at all extremely natural you saw the importance yes broke in the prince and i venture to ask insistently that mine and mr razumov's intervention should not become public he is a young man of promise of remarkable aptitudes i haven't a doubt of it murmured the general he inspires confidence all sorts of pernicious views are so widespread nowadays they taint such unexpected quarters that monstrous as it seems he might suffer his studies his the general with his elbows on the desk took his head between his hands yes yes i am thinking it out how long is it since you left him at your rooms mr razumov razumov mentioned the hour which nearly corresponded with the time of his distracted flight from the big slum-house he had made up his mind to keep zimianitch out of the affair completely to mention him at all would mean imprisonment for the bright soul perhaps cruel floggings and in the end a journey to siberia in chains razumov who had beaten zimianitch felt for him now a vague remorseful tenderness the general giving way for the first time to his secret sentiments exclaimed contemptuously 
and you say he came in to make you this confidence like this for nothing apropos de bot razumov felt danger in the air the merciless suspicion of despotism had spoken openly at last sudden fear sealed razumov's lips the silence of the room resembled now the silence of a deep dungeon where time does not count and a suspect person is sometimes forgotten for ever but the prince came to the rescue providence itself has led the wretch in a moment of mental aberration to seek mr razumov on the strength of some old utterly misinterpreted exchange of ideas some sort of idle speculative conversation months ago i am told and completely forgotten till now by mr razumov mr razumov queried the general meditatively after a short silence do you often indulge in speculative conversation no excellency answered razumov coolly in a sudden access of self-confidence i am a man of deep convictions crude opinions are in the air they are not always worth combating but even the silent contempt of a serious mind may be misinterpreted by headlong utopists the general stared from between his hands prince k murmured a serious young man en esprit superior i see that mon cher prince said the general mr razumov is quite safe with me i am interested in him he has it seems the great and useful quality of inspiring confidence what i was wondering at is why the other should mention anything at all i mean even the bare fact alone if his object was only to obtain temporary shelter for a few hours for after all nothing was easier than to say nothing about it unless indeed he were trying under a crazy misapprehension of your true sentiments to enlist your assistance eh mr razumov it seemed to razumov that the floor was moving slightly this grotesque man in a tight uniform was terrible it was right that he should be terrible i can see what your excellency has in your mind but i can only answer that i don't know why i have nothing in my mind murmured the general with gentle surprise i am his prey his helpless prey thought razumov the fatigues and the disgusts of that afternoon the need to forget the fear which he could not keep off reawakened his hate for haldin then i can't help your excellency i don't know what he meant i only know there was a moment when i wished to kill him there was also a moment when i wished myself dead i said nothing i was overcome i provoked no confidence i asked for no explanations razumov seemed beside himself but his mind was lucid it was really a calculated outburst it is rather a pity the general said that you did not don't you know at all what he means to do razumov calmed down and saw an opening there he told me he was in hopes that a sledge would meet him about half an hour after midnight at the seventh lamp-post on the left from the upper end of karabelnaya at any rate he meant to be there at that time he did not even ask me for a change of clothes ah voila said the general turning to prince k with an air of satisfaction there is a way to keep your protege mr razumov quite clear of any connection with the actual arrest we shall be ready for that gentleman in karabelnaya the prince expressed his gratitude there was real emotion in his voice razumov motionless silent sat staring at the carpet the general turned to him half an hour after midnight till then we have to depend on you mr razumov you don't think he is likely to change his purpose how can i tell said razumov those men are not of the sort that ever changes its purpose what men do you mean 
fanatical lovers of liberty in general liberty with a capital l excellency liberty that means nothing precise liberty in whose name crimes are committed the general murmured i detest rebels of every kind i can't help it it's my nature he clenched a fist and shook it drawing back his arm they shall be destroyed then they have made a sacrifice of their lives beforehand said razumov with malicious pleasure and looking the general straight in the face if haldin does change his purpose to-night you may depend on it that it will not be to save his life by flight in some other way he would have thought then of something else to attempt but that is not likely the general repeated as if to himself they shall be destroyed razumov assumed an impenetrable expression the prince exclaimed what a terrible necessity the general's arm was lowered slowly one comfort there is that brood leaves no posterity i've always said it one effort pitiless persistent steady and we are done with them forever razumov thought to himself that this man entrusted with so much arbitrary power must have believed what he said or else he could not have gone on bearing the responsibility i detest rebels these subversive minds these intellectual debauches my existence has been built on fidelity it's a feeling to defend it i am ready to lay down my life and even my honour if that were needed but pray tell me what honour can there be as against rebels against people that deny god himself perfect unbelievers brutes it is horrible to think of during this tirade razumov facing the general had nodded slightly twice prince k standing on one side with his grand air murmured casting up his eyes Elas then lowering his glance and with great decision declared this young man general is perfectly fit to apprehend the bearing of your memorable words the general's whole expression changed from dull resentment to perfect urbanity i would ask now mr razumov he said to return to his home note that i don't ask mr razumov whether he has justified his absence to his guests no doubt he did this sufficiently but i don't ask mr razumov inspires confidence it is a great gift i only suggest that a more prolonged absence might awaken the criminal's suspicions and induce him perhaps to change his plans he rose and with a scrupulous courtesy escorted his visitors to the anteroom encumbered with flower-pots end of chapter two section two recording by expatriate in bangor maine